Disclaimer. The following program features language not suitable for all audiences, and the expressed opinions found within this program are a reflection of those who feature on the Pop Culture Effect podcast. Welcome to the Pop Culture Effect. I'm Rockin' Rob, and on this show, I bring my closest friends together to talk about all of the news happening in our pop culture world around us. I am joined today by my two friends, Blaze and Menace. Hello. And today is, you know, just another general news day there's been a lot going on around when it comes to different kinds of uh pop culture ends of the spectrum we got a lot of different stuff to talk about but uh i am gonna be a nerd and i want to talk about a danny phantom book so i just got in nerd you know what man i i i understand I get that. I'm one too, so I'm just calling myself out with that. Exactly. It, for those who are unaware, Danny Phantom, the hit Nickelodeon show, recently had a graphic novel release called A Glitch in Time. And originally, I was supposed to read through the first like half, get a get a kind of glimpse of what is going on so I don't give all the spoilers away. But yeah, I kind of read through the whole thing and uh it was it was as if I was literally just sitting through another episode like with the with the audio cues the way that i was able to imagine the voice actors just it it was such a it was such a nice experience i i really just had like a smile on my face the whole time we got to see vlad plasmius return we got to see dark danny return to some capacity i'm not going to give away too many spoilers because a lot of stuff happens in this a lot of stuff happens and the most important thing that happens is the fact that it ends on a cliffhanger so there's probably going to be more books about this so yeah when it comes to a glitch in time if you have the chance like get it it's a really good quality comic book it's got depth beyond just surface level like uh, like usually when you think of a uh, syndicated licensed show getting a comic book it doesn't have any substance but this really had a lot of character beats and a lot of loose ends that were tied up between the end of the actual series to this book and yeah I just love the work I love the the I love the illustrator and the writer of the book I can't quite remember right now glitch in time author what is the name Eva Cooper Jill Eva and Jill Cooper are the ones that have made this amazing masterpiece. I heard that scoff. I heard that, and that's staying in. That wasn't a scoff. That was a, that was a, that was a laugh. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyways, wonderful book. I'd suggest it to anybody who's a Danny Phantom fan who loved the series and wanted to see where it went from that amazing finale. But going from one kind of culmination of a, of a series to another culmination of a series, Blaze, what's been happening with Dragon Prince? Yeah, so on Netflix, uh, they just aired the fifth season of Dragon Prince Mysteries of Erevos on July 27th. And one thing that's great about Netflix is once they release a season, it pretty much just all gets aired at once. So all of season five is available to go watch right now. But for those who don't know Dragon Prince or just aren't really aware of it, it is a original series on Netflix made by Justin Richmond and Aaron Ihaz, which if you're familiar with Aaron, he is the co-creator of Avatar The Last Airbender. And this show is kind of a spiritual successor to Avatar because Netflix wanted to have their own series that had the same 
type of feel as Avatar Last Airbender, their own version of it in a sense, with it being a completely new story and world and everything. But if you're a fan of like D&D or just anything high fantasy, um, this show is definitely going to be right up your alley. The main premise of the show is it follows two young Prince brothers, Prince Callum and Prince Ezrin, along with the help of what is known as a Moonshadow Elf by the name of Rayla, as they find the Egg of the Thought Dead Dragon Prince Azamandius and protect it to try and keep the peace that is quickly crumbling in Zadia, which is on the brink of war between the humans and elves. Meanwhile, a dark force plots in the background by the name of Erevos, who wants to return there to destroy, who wants to return to the world to destroy it, um, which season five continues the story as they are on a race to stop Erevos's return. But if they can't, they need to try and find a way to defeat him once and for all when he does arrive. That sounds very interesting. I know that from the little snippets that I saw, I, I definitely get where you're coming from with its kind of uh, similarities to Avatar. But yeah, it sounds like a really cool concept and a really cool plot. And one, one thing that's actually kind of funny, they actually have made a couple like funny references to Avatar Last Airbender. And the voice actor who plays Prince Callum is actually the same voice actor who played Sokka in Avatar. I've seen a bit of the first couple seasons, and it's it's really good. The uh, the animation, the animation style is really cool. With like the that partially like the 3D animation. Yeah, and um, the show is definitely tailored to audiences of all ages. Um, if you're a child, teen, adult, it's gonna have stuff in the show that you are going to enjoy. And I cannot wait to watch season five. I'm probably gonna be binging it either. Uh, tonight or tomorrow. Nice. Well, switching things up, I think it's time we uh, change focus and talk about some of the gaming news that's been going on. Menace, what's been happening with this Game Pass Core? So, Game Pass Core, Xbox Live as a whole, or Xbox Live Gold, I should say, as a whole, is going away. Xbox is done with it. What? Microsoft said it's time to go. Yep, and it will be replaced with what is now called Game Pass Core. So, they, they're leaning more into the Game Pass aspect. It's been a really big boom. It's a really good deal for all gamers, whether you're on PC or Xbox. Um, sorry, PlayStation. But uh, essentially what you can do is for $10 compared to the normal 15 for Game Pass Plus Live, you can get online multiplayer and an assortment of 25 games that'll be switched out as the you know stuff goes off of Game Pass and onto Game Pass. You'll have an assortment of 25 of the Game Pass games from the catalog to uh, be able to play. Some of them, I won't go through the entire list, but some of among them are... Uh, among Us, uh, Fable Anniversary, Dishonored 2, Fallout 4, and Fallout 76, and of course the ever-popular Elder Scrolls Online. So wait, they're charging money for online play? They've always have. That's what that's what Xbox Live Gold is. So to what, supplement... Once, the, they, once wait, they went to Game Pass, they had Xbox Live plus Game Pass, which is the $15 a month. Because I always... Xbox Ultimate. Cause, yeah, cause I always yeah. thought that the regular Xbox Live got conglomerated into that Ultimate Pass. So are they giving up on Ultimate and going yeah. with Core? How it worked was they had the $10 a month, which would just cover Xbox Live, and then Ultimate was 15 a month, which covered Live and all of Game Pass. With Core, they're making it to where 
where the 10 bucks a month will give you the live and basically a teaser of what's on game pass and then the 15 a month which is ultimate will pretty much is that still being called ultimate or is that going to change to a different yeah. name um, no, ultimate will base okay and then they'll still have ultimate which is the 15 a month for all of game pass along with live I mean, hey, whatever gets... You only get 25 Game Pass games to where with Ultimate, you'll get the entire roster. I pretty see. Much a tease, pretty much a tease to make you want to switch to Ultimate because like, hey, here's a little snippet of some of the, of the games you can play now, but if you get Ultimate, you get all of these. That's fair. I mean, and I... the whole thing is that with, with Core, you also don't get the, uh, the new release titles like Starfield and all that. When they come out on Game Pass, you won't get those as well. Mm, I see. I mean, I, I would never frown away from paying less money i'll be honest was there anything else that was talked about on core or was that pretty much it that essentially uh this is just that the core is uh replacing the xbox live gold that was the main thing that's coming out of it so now you will technically get more than you were paying if you were only playing with gold. I see. I'm not sure if it's actually going to... There hasn't been anything on whether it's like you can get core as a... as a I can't think of the word. As like a alternative to getting ultimate on PC or not. I'm not sure if that's how that's going to work. If you just want to get these 25 games and spend less. Mm. Or if you still just got to go and straight up get Game Pass on PC. That's fair. The name's Gemini and you're listening to the Pop Culture Effect on CJSW 90. 9 FM. Well, I don't necessarily know if I will be spending money on that, but one thing I do know I'm going to spend money on is uh, there is an Inspector Gadget Mario Party clone game coming out. Inspector Gadget's still a thing? Yeah. But that died when the live action movies were so bad. Right. <laughs> but yeah. They were so bad they were funny, though. Yeah. <laughs> it's... It, it, it is ex exactly what I said. It, it's it's a Mario Party clone. It looks really weird with them having four Inspector Gadgets on screen to do the mini games. But that was that was going to be one of my questions. If you only played it as Inspector Gadget, it's... I thought it would like let you play as like Penny and. Nope. I wish. Oh, it looks. It's a nightmare to see four Inspector Gadgets with different color coding. It's great, but yeah, it looks to be your typical Mario Party. Am I playing? Am I playing Smash Bros? What the heck is going on? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Imagine. Uh... Oh, man. That's that's the character we really you need to get like into. Collecting like multiverses. stars or something? No, 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 you're collecting gadgets, obviously. Oh my! Go, go, uh, gadget Mario star. Collecting gadget to do? What are you just collecting them? And it's exactly like Mario Party, where you're just collecting the most so. for the end. Probably. This game is coming out. It's Inspector Gadget Mad Time Party. Hilarious name, by the way. But it's going to be releasing on September 14th of this year to you know all the main days of Steam, PC, Xbox, uh, PlayStation, and Nintendo Switch. So, I don't know, man. Whenever a game is announced for Switch, I kind of like... There's, there's, if it's just announced for the Switch, I'm happy about it. But if it's also including in being launched on the Switch, I'm like, oh. So it's gonna... Like, the, the Switch is gonna be the lowest common denominator of this game. That's all the... That's all what I looked. It, it, the, the art style looks kind of neat, honestly. It's got this... Uh, it's very reminiscent of the old school uh, cartoon. But, yeah, it, it should be about 20 minutes worth of fun. And then you'll definitely just play Mario Party, you know, because why would... Anyways, but yeah, going from... I, I don't know. It, it, it's, I'm not buying it. Yeah, I I probably... I won't either, but I know there's a part of me that definitely will want to buy it. I, I'd rather just play Mario Party. I mean, yeah, okay, literally. Okay, question, but, question. Yes, Here's my question yes. for you guys. Mario Party. Which one is your guys' favorite iteration of Mario Party? For me, it's five. For which, me, it's five. Which one was the one on the GameCube? That was five. That's got the nostalgia for me because I played with there my was cousins. Like three of them on... There, on was, the there was a few fly 
Five was played five, it with my I believe was the most played and the last one they put on the GameCube. What was the one that had like the mic and you were on the cruise? I can't remember. Mm. I'm pretty sure that was five. What was the one with the car where everybody was working together and it wasn't Mario Party? We don't talk about that. <laughs> we don't talk about Mario Party 10. But yeah, going from one kind of revival of an IP to another revival of an IP, Blaze, what's happening with this Godzilla Minus trailer? Yeah, uh, with Godzilla, we're getting another Godzilla movie, which is going to be the 37th Godzilla film created. Jesus Christ. How many? Wait, how many? This is the 37th Godzilla film created. That doesn't seem yeah. real. It's why I mean, yeah, think about it. There's so many like other companies that have taken up making Godzilla films, but like 37 in total after this one comes out. Does that count but, all the low budget ones that are made in Japan, like the knockoff ones? Yep. If it is, it, if it is, oh, well, if it's a knockoff, no. But if it's an actual Godzilla film, hmm. it's in the list. That's fair. But anyway. The movie is going to be called Godzilla Minus One, and we got a small, like, 30-second teaser. Um, It shows Japan utterly destroyed post-World War II, and the movie gets its title of being called Godzilla Minus One because it's post-World War II. Japan has hit their lowest point. They are at zero, and then Godzilla arrives and brings them in the negative. So what you're saying is we're getting a prequel Godzilla movie. What? Well, because it's taking place in World War II and the other movies involving Godzilla are taking place in the modern era. To be fair, Robbie, they've made so many retcons to Godzilla. That's like true. every time every fifth Godzilla reinvents Godzilla's lore. Honestly, I thought like, I thought that with the King Kong and Godzilla movies, that was their reboot, and then they and then anything else is just interconnected with that. Some of them are, some of them like Go completely different new story, like 2001 Godzilla, which we do not talk about, or 97. When? What year did that American version of Godzilla come out? Was it like 97 or like 2001? I don't remember exactly. All I know is that it was horrible. Made Godzilla look like a T-Rex. Uh, but yeah, uh, God's with this Godzilla, I'm kind of getting from the teaser. I'm kind of getting a feel. It's gonna be kind of similar to like the Shin Godzilla, which I think will be freaking. Ooh, the Shin yeah. Godzilla was awesome. It was terrifying. It made you remember how devastating Godzilla can be. I hope this is more of like a humans lose, like they don't have any way to deal with him kind of thing. Because there's always been like, you know, oh, magically, somehow during the movie, they find a way to bring him or make him leave or take him out. Blah, blah blah blah. I just yeah. want to see Godzilla just wreck everybody. But anyway, uh, going on with what uh, Menace is saying, though, I definitely agree with that. I want a Godzilla movie where it's just survive, right? Mm-hmm. Where it actually feels like I don't know. I feel like with these big monster movies and these big uh, um, high stakes movies, it, it it always feels like the humans are like so much more so much less malleable than they really should be you know what i mean yeah yeah it's supposed to be it's kind of supposed to be like an elder god scenario where we know nothing about these monsters and these creatures and they just show up and attack but here's the real here's the here's the real situation are we ever gonna see like pacific rim-esque 
giant robots fighting Godzilla and King Kong. Mecha Godzilla. Is that what are we yeah. are we going to the Pacific Rim Godzilla multiverse? See, I would like to see a Mecha Godzilla like remake. Right. Um. But anyway, Godzilla minus one is going to be released theatrically in Japan on November third, twenty twenty three. Um. This also celebrates the franchise's seventieth seventieth anniversary, which falls on the exact same day the following year. Toho's subsidiary and Toho International will later release it nationwide in the United States on December 1st. Nice. Well, let's just hope that with all that is being celebrated, it's not going to ruin the legacy of Godzilla. I think this movie will do good. But uh, before we go off to the next topic, I have something really funny that I just found out about that I wanted to relate to you guys. Not really a topic situation, but I think this is hilarious. So you guys all remember when like the, the Doom game and Animal Crossing came out at the same time and you had that funny meme of like Doom Slayer guy and like Isabelle hanging out. There was a whole song made about it. There was also Nintendo posted a thing a while back when they introduced the doom slayer outfit into smash that they were actually like getting married <laughs> but yeah so many funny memes came out of that something similar is happening to that in the movie world this time with barbie and oppenheimer coming out at the same oh, time. oh yeah barbie Heimer. the yep. barbie Heimer. <laughs> it is hilarious all the memes i've seen the music videos that have been made for it or just some funny tiktok edited videos of one room is them in a theater watching Barbie, and then the right room explodes from the Oppenheimer nuke going off yes. on the other screen. See, now I just want to see a photorealistic event of where Oppenheimer's bomb is dropped on Barbie's world. <laughs> melts We're probably going to be seeing some edits of that soon. Oh, hopefully. That one scene, I think it was from Independence Day, where the where the kid gets like vaporized by the fence or whatever. <laughs> Yes. You're listening to the Pop Culture Effect on CJSW 90.9 FM. But yeah, as I was saying with my amazing cutaway skills, going from one franchise who hopefully will not ruin its reputation, we're going to another type of a ruined... Well, I guess I shouldn't say ruined reputation because it's actually been an improvement, but uh, Menace, what's been going on with Five Nights at Freddy's Security I mean, Breach Ruin? depends on if you're talking... Depends on if you're talking about the franchise itself or Fazbear, because Fazbear's been kind of ruined... Yeah, but especially with the movie. This this DLC, my gosh, just like it's such an improvement over Security Breach itself with the bugs and the glitches and everything that was going on and the connection of the story. I won't go into too much spoilers, but like the connection between the the new character Cassie to Gregory from Security Breach is insane as you as you go through the story you'll figure out more about her backstory and how she actually knows gregory because from the trailer we saw that gregory was trapped in the pizza plex and you have to go after him that's the whole premise of the dlc i'm gonna be dead honest when i first saw the trailer for it i'm like nah no way yeah me me too i didn't think that because in all the endings he he got out of the pizza plex so there's like why would he be back there hey man there's something about there's something about like just being around deadly mechanical animatronics that just kids and, love and murder viruses why do you think they're doing a whole movie where they're just gonna oh, oh my gosh the movie's a completely different topic that should be talked about i eventually. know there's gonna be so many movies there, scott's gonna make like five 
Dude, I'm perfectly fine with that because like seeing them in movie is kind of give is gonna give like everybody like okay, this is how it was supposed to actually like look and how it was supposed to. For the to... third time, from the books to the games to the movies, now we're finally getting the true story. It gives Scott Coffin more of that freedom to visually portray his story right. better than he could have mm-hmm. in the games. Yeah. With the DLC, the whole connection between. The, the AR and VR world that you gotta like go through and uh, I was actually told by Bobbert uh, this morning that he found out that both of those worlds are actually generated at the same time they're just separate yeah one stacked on top of the other it's so strange so when you take off the mask the mask is like an essential game a gameplay mechanic to see the secrets kind of similar to when you beat Bendy in the ink machine for the first time and you get the magnifying glass but anyways um, so those maps are stacked on top of one another so like speedrunners and glitchers have found like huge Huge, like plot based skips to, to get the game beaten in like such a quick amount of time and then the difference between having to like instead of just like in security breach you're actually running from the animatronics themselves and in this you're going up against the glitch trap afton genie rabbit um <laughs> that's his official title and i don't know yeah that's what it looks like literally. yeah that's what it looks like but going up against that and that's how the animatronics find you like there is some ways where you can like and there's some animatronics that like you actually sneak around but it seems like most of them are actually like friendly towards Cassie instead of Gregory from from the original. Yeah, I think Roxy is Cassie's favorite animatronic. Yeah, and it, it explains that kind of throughout on stuff between her and Roxy. That goes into how she met Gregory as well. Which I still feel is very unclear. Like, Oh no, it explains it even more after that section that we're talking about right now. Oh, okay. I haven't watched the full like game end-to-end. I've only seen like the glitches, the end endings all that stuff but like in the fact that people weren't were wondering like how is afton gonna come back if this is going to be the end of the the afton saga how is it gonna complete with how everything goes and then it connects to the books of all things yeah that's the thing like the big reveal at the end really blew my mind with how it was just like just a blatant like page for page word for word representation of the books and i think it's cool because like switching switching directions from essentially how they've gone from oh it's ghosts possessing the animatronics to where it's like actual like it's still spirit based but it's like they're connected to the technology itself now they're not possessing something it's like they're actually embedded into the code itself which I think is a really cool way to to go about it like I don't know I I feel like it was a really good transition and now it sets up the future of FNAF to be there's like there's like a lot more avenues that they could take the story especially with them having uh, like the movies to play off of I, I i'm assuming that like fnaf is nowhere close to being a dead franchise it's just gonna keep growing so who knows we may see uh animatronic shark jump the are we, actually gonna, sh- are we actually gonna get five nights at freddy's 30 freddy in space no no i <laughs> hope might. not i really hope <laughs> not actually i wonder if you take every single fr- uh, faz fazbear frights book every single individual other book that he's done and the games and the movie i wonder how many different fazbear stories and properties there have been so far going kind of going back to the books i did like that it 
it was like how it connected right because originally the, the short story books were kind of all disconnected and then there was an epilogue explaining something at the end of each book and those connected oh the stitch wraith more... arc dude i loved that like that stuff but then it's slowly becoming that the books themselves each individual story is kind of telling a piece to build the world more and then if you look at different clues inside of each story it's like this is connected to here oh this and then what is it like the last two or three books actually had stories on this this ai program that's been running everything in the pizza place so, and kind of like built up to what like this dlc and it's like oh okay this is this is actually something all that coming is together to the universe yeah it's literally their version of avengers endgame even though it wasn't as that, satisfying that's stuff where it's like building the story and connecting the dots through different mediums in games is something that I've, something that i've always loved like like args and uh like this is a different medium but like with the whole bill cypher statue or the oh, in destiny yeah. where you had to like there was a code in destiny one time little side tangent there was a code where after it was decrypted there were real life coordinates and there was uh, a statue in the game uh from the game of a that you got to use and it was like a full-on replica of it and then there that was you got to keep in the real world anyway back back on topic this this dlc has not only exceeded my expectations but like blown them away compared to the I don't want to say mess, but like the story for original Security Breach was kind of like out there. You couldn't really like figure anything out. It was, but this one is like more told to you. The 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 game is better built now. It's just I, I I'm really enjoying. I heard that it. the the main points that I've heard about Ruin is that it's a lot more of a stable version of the game. Like there's a lot less bugs, and I would assume that also has to do with their being just cassie on foot like there's no freddy there's no they, 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 i think they've... it has to do with that and the fact of ruin is more of a linear dlc yeah. than it is uh like security breach was a full-on open world. uh you could go back and explore stuff whenever you wanted when you got it open whereas ruin it's a lot more linear and there's no real way to explore well, there, there's save points that you can go back like it auto saves, but it, it gives you those checkpoints to go back to when you, if you need to go back. I see. And then with with uh, Ruin Two, I assume that it's gonna have multiple endings to it. Oh, as well. definitely. Yep. It's, uh, a, there it's a FNAF are, game. So far, there's been three that have been found. I guess another thing to kind of like wrap it up is the fact of you actually get to see for once out of all the other FNAF games, you just get to see and repair animatronics into their friendly state, and you actually get to. See see them like how you would if you went into a freddy fazbear's joint well that's cool uh, i'm right. sure there's got to be something where if you repair like, all the animatronics yeah one of the one of the first ones is a sun and moon the daycare attendant he's got like the split personality and you get to turn him into one called eclipse where he is actually finally one whole being really and yeah and according to according to stuff i've heard not i'm not sh not really leaks but it's rumored that the next couple books are going to talk more about sun and moon and how they became split and they were originally eclipsed essentially nice i absolutely love ruin and i think it's quite a nice uh, dream state in comparison to the kind of nightmare that was security breach speaking of nightmares there is an event going on in dc comics 
comics known as Night Terrors. And I just want to inform you guys about this because I think this is really cool. So there are two opposing main characters of this overall story, and that is Boston Brand Deadman and a new villain called Insomnia. Now, quick question for this because I am interested. Yes. This takes place after everything that just happened with Perpetua and everything. Yes, this this takes place after all that, after DC Metal, after um, Lazarus Planet, the newest like syndicated or not syndicated, but the the newest crossover story. It happens. The newest run. So this is like the the newest canonical run of what's going on in the Night Terrors. Exactly. But yeah, so basically this um, shows the entire world being put into a nightmare state and each individual character, whether it was Hal Jordan, Superman, Batman, even Punchline, they were all basically living in their own um, nightmare realms and it's so cool. It's It's the infinite Tsukuyomi. It is literally the infinite Tsukuyomi, yes. It is amazing. But the one, I'm not going to talk about any of the other ones, but the one I really want to talk about is Joker's nightmare. It is basically Batman gets himself killed and Joker just tosses his dead body into the fridge and then gets a nine to five like office cubicle job. It is the best. That's interesting. Oh, it's great. It's great. But that, that's all I'm going to say about that. But that, they're solidifying that Joker's life has no meaning without yeah, Batman. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. DC also just announced another like mini comic series that they're going to do where it's the Justice League versus Godzilla versus Kong. What? Yeah, it just got announced the teaser trailer for the comic. I think it's only going to be like a six run comic series. Like, it's going to be them trying to figure it out and then Superman goes up and punches them both in the face did, and they win. That's it. <laughs> didn't the Justice League like just die though? I thought the Teen Titans were like the main team. What's going on? With collab no, series, they usually used to be, they're usually like alternate reality stuff. Yeah, I was going to say, there's different universes and stuff like that. And since we're talking about crossover events, I just want, before we get to our last story, I just want to say, there's a Scooby-Doo crypto crossover movie. They have Scooby-Doo crossover with just about everything. Yep, Chris, have you seen John, how many crossovers they've done John for WWE? Cena, right? Once Aww. they did the Supernatural crossover, I was like, oh, Hey, okay. hey, that one was cool because they actually got sucked up into an episode of Scooby-Doo. Like, come on, that was pretty cool. That was that was a bit much. I I, I can definitely I know see. you love Supernatural Blaze, but I feel like you can even admit. It, it was fun, but it definitely was weird. I know, I, I'm sorry to keep going with this. And the fact that literally, all Dean did the entire episode was try to hit on Daphne the entire uh, Yeah, yeah, right? I loved that. That was great. That was awesome. But yeah, Night Terrors is amazing. Go check it out. I am so excited for if they do like Blue Beetle or Shazam or Plastic Man. I think there's so many different like one shot. C- kind of like how I really fell in love with the Darkest Nights miniseries where they told individual stories of like, or dark versions of Batman through the Justice League. And I just feel like this could be like its own series like like how what if is for marvel like this could be like its own series where it's just an infinite amount of nightmare comics you're listening to the pop culture effect on cjsw 90.9 fm Going from one uh, nocturnal event to another, Blaze, finish us off with this Castlevania Nocturne. Yeah, so another Netflix series. Um, This one is coming out um, on September 28th. Um, It is a sequel series to the four-season run of Castlevania that was on Netflix, which Castlevania Nocturne will take place many, many years after the original series, probably like a few generations. Generations. 
um, as it focuses on Richter Belmont, which is probably one of the most most known and most popular characters of uh, the Castlevania franchise as a game. Um, yeah, that's the guy in this, Smash Bros, right? Uh, no, uh, I believe Smash Bros has Simon. Yeah, um, Simon and Richter. Yeah, is yeah, Richter in both. it? Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. But anyway, um, this one will take place during the French Revolution. Ooh, that's going to be so nice. That will be interesting to see. But the trailer seems to follow this new order of vampires that is trying to enact some kind of ritual either during or to summon an eclipse to gain power. And it seems to be up to Richter to avenge his mother's death by the hands of this order and also stop and also just to stop these vampires from enacting this ritual with help from a couple interesting characters that appear like they might also be descendants from some of the other main characters of the original series. Ooh. So I loved the original series of Castlevania. It was a slightly different twist of a story from what the games tell, but I think as its own thing, I think it did it beautifully. The animation is amazing. The characters are awesome. I cannot wait to see how they portray Richter Belmont and this new group that's going to be helping him. And it looks like this this successor, sh um, this sequel show is going to be even more gruesome and brutal than even the original one was. So is it known if this is going to be like, if this is set before the games that Richter, like, are we going to see like a, 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 essentially like a fresh Richter that hasn't had much experience or? So it kind of seems like basically from the trailer that his mother died in front of him when he was a kid and he's been training himself ever since it, to where he's now like a young adult at this point. It's an origin um, where, story. Where it, it is very much an origin story for Richter Belmont. Yeah, but baby. The Belmonts have always been trained throughout their generations to yeah. hunt monsters and vampires specifically. So he was probably already being trained and then just continued his training with a vengeance after his mother died. That's fair. Right. I'm just, I, I think it would be cool to see a, like a fresh kind of inexperienced like besides their normal training but like you know training can only get you so far compared to life experience it would it would it'd add a new sense that the games never really touched upon now so now that we're close to wrapping up this episode subset is here in spirit so i feel it is only appropriate for me to just talk about the fact that we have a ufo hearing and there's been a multi-decade operation that's been hidden underneath our noses by the american government like what? I call BS. I mean, I also I call not, BS. Not BS. Not BS that they're like that they're like uh, hiding stuff from us. But like the fact of that it, the the thing that they're hiding from us is aliens. Like if aliens wanted to, they could they could just show up. It wouldn't matter who could see yeah. it, especially in the digital age we live in now. I don't know. There's definitely some some sneaky stuff that they're that they're holding to their chest. And if and if and if I could see it was... being the fact that they've known about aliens for years and shit like that. Like the fact that it's just coming out now in the age that we're we're in uh, if aliens were to show up now somebody would catch it somebody would film it yeah that sub that somebody would be subset with his <laughs>
tinfoil hat on. And with that, I think that wraps up a lot of what we have been talking about throughout the episode. Firstly, I want to thank my two lovely guests, Blaze. No problem. And Menace. Always a good time. Oh, definitely. It's, it's always great. It's always a great time. But as always, I'd like to implore everyone to look into all the things we talked about today. Make sure to check out all of the amazing podcasts that CJSW have to offer. Thank you all for listening, and uh, we look forward to seeing you guys in the next one. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. The name's Gemini, and you're listening to the Pop Culture Effect on CJSW 90.9 FM.